0: Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: Now for our story. Peggy Douglas told Aunt Mary and Lefty about her encounter with Ben Calvert and said that though she felt angry and humiliated by the insinuations Kit's father had made, that she now felt that the situation between herself and Bill was definitely over. While Aunt Mary and Lefty and Peggy were talking, they had been interrupted by a phone call. Aunt Mary and Lefty were surprised to hear Peggy speaking to a man she called Mr. Dorn, a name they had never heard before. And they were even more puzzled to hear her make an engagement with a gentleman for tomorrow night. Now it is the next evening. Aunt Mary is in the parlor reading as her
2: 18-year-old niece comes downstairs. Peggy?
0: Yes, Aunt Mary?
2: Where are you going? Oh,
0: just outside to walk around.
2: Well, come in here a minute. Let's have a look at you. A look at me. Why? Don't I look all right? Oh, of course you do, darling. I only thought since you were expecting a visitor, you might have dressed up a bit. Oh, but Aunt Mary, Mr. Dorn isn't coming to see me. He wants to talk to you. Well, nevertheless, I have a sneaking hunch that I won't be able to hold his interest for very long. Oh, Mary <laughs> Tell me something about this young man. Well, I've told you about all there is to tell. Mr. Calvert had just spoken his little piece to me. And I was trying to start the car, and this man walked over and (laughs) and suggested I turn on the ignition. You told us that, dear. But what about this Mr. Dorn? What's he like?
0: Well, you know as much as I do. I told you he's the writer on that documentary film they're going to make here.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Is he a young man?
0: No, not particularly. Elderly? Oh, no, no. In his 30s, maybe. Oh, I don't know, Aunt Mary. I guess I didn't pay any attention. Well... You're usually a
2: little more observing than that. I
0: know, but I was hardly in the mood to pay attention to
2: anyone. I was so mad at Mr. Calvert. Mm -hmm. Oh, me, that must be Mr. Dorn. Suppose I ought to fix up a little.
0: No, you're all right. Why all this fuss, Aunt Mary? He's just coming by for some information.
2: I'm afraid I'm a little early.
0: Well, that's quite all right. Won't you come in? Thank you. Go in the parlor here. I'd like you to meet my aunt. All right. Aunt Mary, this is Mr. Doohan. This is my aunt, Mrs. Lane.
3: How do you do, Mrs. Lane? How do you do? Please sit down. Thank you. Very kind of you to see me.
0: I've told Aunt Mary about your project, Mr. Doohan, and she says she'll be very glad to help you.
3: Oh, I'm awfully glad to hear that. Because when I start asking questions of the local people, I I run into a great wall of wary suspicion.
2: Just, uh, what is this film going to deal with?
3: Well... Life in a small town. But we want it to be an honest picture. We just don't want to show the streets and buildings as such, but through the script and photography to reveal the heart and soul of the place. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm so anxious to
2: talk to a lot of the people, to know some of their personal stories and troubles. Well, that sounds interesting, Mr. Dorn. What sort of thing would you like to know? As a matter of fact,
3: I don't want to talk about the film at all at the moment.
2: You don't?
3: No, Miss Douglas. You see, Mrs. Lane, I... I've been working pretty hard all day on the script, and if it's just the same with you, I'd rather not talk shop. Besides, to be quite candid, I find that I usually get more real information through general conversation. Oh, I see. I suppose you're from Hollywood, Mr. Dort? Well, I've been living out there the past couple of years, yes. But I don't know, as you could say, I was from any particular place. I've always bummed around a good deal. However, I was born in Massachusetts, Martha's Vineyard. Where's that? It's an island off the coast.
2: Oh. And you write for the movies?
3: Well, off and on in a small way.
2: <laughs> and I suppose everyone asks you how you happen to get into it.
3: Well, the answer's very simple. I wanted to make a lot of money, Mrs. Lane, because I thought that would make a woman happy. Oh. And, that's to leave you with a story incomplete,
2: I can tell you that it didn't. All oh, this hasn't happened very long ago, has it, Mr. Dawn?
3: No. <laughs> I see you can tell that my... My wounds are still rather raw. But Mrs. Lane, believe me, I, I don't make a habit of going to people's homes for the first time and exposing my personal skeleton. I just had an
2: impulse to say what I did. Well, I think it would be a good idea if I fixed some lemonade. Peggy made some cookies this afternoon. Oh, but still, Aunt Mary, I'll fix it. No, dear, you entertain Mr. Dawn.
3: This is a nice room. has a style about it.
0: Yes, I suppose so.
3: I like your aunt.
0: How do you know? You've just met her.
3: Well, that's long enough when you meet some people. She's a woman without conceit, without shallowness. Are you like her?
0: I hardly think so. I'd like to be. I don't blame you. Well, say, by the way, I wonder if you tell me something. About what?
3: That man I saw talking to you before I so boldly introduced myself. Ben, what's his name? He has a local real estate and loan company here, hasn't he?
0: He has his finger in a lot of pie. Uh
3: Uh-huh. So I gathered. I've gotten quite a few interesting slants on that gentleman. He seems to be one person Wakefield doesn't mind talking about. Not exactly popular, is he? No. Well, what does he have to do with you?
0: Nothing. Mr. Calvert just had something on his mind yesterday.
3: Uh Uh-huh. The hard-looking cuss. I wonder what's made him that
0: way. I don't know, but you might ask Aunt Mary. Ben Calvert was in love with my Aunt Mary once. She refused him, though. Lefty says that Ben... Who's Lefty? Oh, you'll meet him. He lives here on the farm. Mm-hmm. Lefty says Ben Calvert's never gotten over it. He says Ben's the kind of man who can't stand to lose.
3: So he's turned into a grasping, greedy, self-centered man. And all because of love.
0: I wouldn't say all because of love, No.
3: You know, it's a terrible thing what love can do to a person. How it can destroy and distort their whole character.
0: You're talking about unrealized love, of course.
3: Love is never realized. The people you see, the marriages, that isn't real love. Just a poor, pitiful attempt at make-believe.
0: And what do you call real love?
3: It doesn't exist. It's the greatest snare and delusion ever to be invented by man.
0: It wasn't invented. That's a crazy thing to say.
3: No, abstract love wasn't. But the love we know now has been adulterated with trappings and spangles that have been been put on it by this so-called civilization of ours. Love has been turned into a deadly menace.
0: What do you do, write a sour grapes column, Mr. Dorn?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I I don't mean to be so, so obvious. And I forget that when I talk this way, women in particular find it most infuriating.
0: Oh, I look kind of infuriating. Just a little immature.
3: A little. <laughs> oh, Miss Douglas, that's wonderful.
0: Oh, I mean it. You see, I'm inclined to agree with you that love is an illusion, that it can't live up to its dreams.
3: I see. What do you know about love? You're pretty young. You can't have had any serious disappointment.
0: Oh? Well, I can assure you I know what I'm talking about, Mr. Doane. The difference between you and me is that I don't intend to be defeated by love.
3: You're a curious girl.
0: Well, what's curious about me?
3: I don't know. But I'd like to find out. You know, I, I haven't been able to talk to anyone like this in a long time.
0: Shall I tell you something about yourself, Mr. Doane? Well, yeah. The trouble with you is, you enjoy your misery.
3: Miss Douglas, what's worse? To enjoy it openly or to... to only give vent to your feelings when you're... What do
0: you mean by that?
3: Well, I... I think that's what you do. You see, I... I have my intuitions, too. Maybe if we traded them, we might learn something about ourselves. And each other.
0: Yes, we might.
1: Aunt Mary came back just then with a tall pitcher of lemonade and a plate of cookies. Came back to a room of silence. She could sense that Peggy and Nicholas Dorn was each wrapped in his own thoughts. And yet between them was a sense of ease and understanding. As if, unlike most new acquaintances, they could afford not to make idle conversation. That Mr. Dorn had been hurt by someone was quite obvious to Aunt Mary. Thinking of her niece's recent experience, it occurred to her that they might be very good for each other, these two. She liked this young man. She had a feeling that they would, all of them, remember this day that he had first come to the Lane Farm.